Well, I didn't think I'd be in this video. Rafael Nadal loses his first match in Cincinnati after that long layoff since Wimbledon with abdominal injury. We're thinking, well, Cincinnati, the last tournament before the US Open, a tournament he's won four times, the US Open, that is, and doesn't go according to plan, does it? He loses in three sets, and Borna Koric actually now has a winning head-to-head -head against Nadal, 3-2. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it, not in a huge amount of depth, because... I think it was a match that was hampered by rain. Thank you to everyone that joined the live stream as well. And of course, we did pretty much the first set and then I cut it off. It was 1.30 a.m. in the UK and I was like, nope. And luckily I didn't because it would have been going on until about 3.34 a.m. UK time and I had to be up early. Uh, but thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new. Also, if you're a podcast listener or watcher, remember to leave a rating or review. Let's get into it. So Nadal loses in three sets to the Croatian. He loses... 7-6-4-6-6-3. And look at that first set tiebreaker. That seems so crucial, right? Because Nadal takes that tiebreaker. He won the second set of 6-4. The first set tiebreaker, 11-9. So Koric doing really well. And I think from you know the points that I watched back-to-back -back consecutively, uh, I guess the consecutive period of the match that I did watch on the block, Koric was striking the ball really cleanly and he's fully fit now. And I know he was one of those next-gen stars coming through with Sitsipas and Medvedev and Zverev and hasn't quite lived up to what those guys have done so far. And there's a couple of reasons. I think the main reason is to do with the injuries. He's been plagued by injuries and he's almost like the forgotten man. Uh, but he was, once upon a time, 12th in the world, made the Shanghai Masters final, uh, you know, beat Federer. He's, he's done... You know, some bits in his career for sure. But unfortunately, because of the injuries and then COVID hasn't helped as well, I think he's stalled big time and he's now, I think, 150-ish in the world. This will be a massive win for him and he'll look to go far. He's got protected ranking or used a protected ranking at Cincinnati. Ironically as well, the last time he beat Nadal was in Cincinnati in 2016, I want to say. So... They hadn't played for five years, but the head-to-head -head was two all. Nadal beat him in the US Open in four, uh, and then beat him in Canada. Uh, Koric had beaten him in Cincinnati, and then had beaten him earlier on as well. I think the first meeting they had had. He clearly doesn't mind playing Nadal. He clearly doesn't mind playing him, and it was a good, really good performance. Let's get into some of the stats. Uh, 12 aces, and he's got a massive serve, has Borna Koric. And if you're not familiar with him, which I know a few of you watching aren't, because uh, on the live stream, some people are saying I've never heard of him before. And I, I definitely heard him. I'd seen him play. Uh, I wasn't as maybe super aware as his of his talent uh, until recently. But he's someone who you can tell has the ability to be, I'd say, a top 10 player. Uh, some people even saying he, he is capable of winning a grand slam if he stays fit. You know, it remains to be seen. I guess he's still got a long way to go in his career. He's not super old. But for Nadal, this was a disappointing loss because after missing Canada and I guess choosing to miss Canada because the abdominal wasn't feeling 100% and he said he didn't feel super comfortable serving, he then said, okay, well, I'm going to play Cincinnati. And the hope would have been to go deep in Cincinnati. And a lot of people would have even picked him to win in their brackets. Uh, Soz to you guys and uh, commiserations. But... Look, I mean, it's just not ideal because now he's going to have to play a lot of practice matches before the US Open. You could cite the Australian Open earlier in the year where he played pretty much no tennis, but 
the one thing about that is he had the Melbourne summer set, right? Which, yes, wasn't the highest of levels, but he still played, I think it was like three or four matches on the trot before the Australian Open. And that got him into some sort of match fitness. For the US Open, he's going to have none of that. Really, he's going to play practice matches, but practice matches aren't the same as competitive matches in tournaments. So this will be a, a very disappointing loss. And it definitely, for me, uh, is a big setback for his US Open chances. And uh, keep an eye out for my ATP and WTA power rankings at the end of this week. But spoiler alert, I don't think Nadal's going to be top. And you might say that's a bit harsh, but given that he's just you know lost and it can happen, but in the first round, we're, we're basing it based on form. And uh, he's not the most informed player going to the US Open any longer, given that he's shown a bit of his hardcore prowess and it hasn't quite stacked up to what we maybe expected. Uh, and that's the... Unfortunately, true doesn't mean he can't win the US Open. It just means, as it stands, uh, it's not looking like the the most probable possibility. But who knows? Right, aces twelve for Corridge and six for Nadal. Seven double faults. So I did say when I was doing the commentary that if Nadal's service firing, it normally means the rest of his game will be firing and he'll play a really good. Um, set, set of tennis, a good match of tennis and, and instead that wasn't quite the case seven double faults is, is really really poor from him over three sets, I know you might say well that's only what average of about two double faults a set, it's still too much you shouldn't be serving more double faults than aces that's for sure, uh, first set percentage for both was quite low, 49% for Coric, 55% for Nadal and yeah, again, Nadal would have looked to have had that higher courage, especially as well. But in saying that, it didn't really matter because if we look at the first serve and second serve points, one percentages, 83% of first serve points, one for courage, 84% for Nadal. Uh, second serve points, one, 67% for courage, and 56% for Nadal. Uh, break point save. So this is, I guess, the the telling stat, right? So there's there's only two breaks of serve in the whole match. And that, I guess, points to both players being pretty dominant. I think the fact that both both players had second serve uh, points, one percentages above 50%, probably states that you know, neither had a particularly amazing returning day. And for Nadal, that would have been a little bit disappointing given that statistically, he's actually the best returner of all time. So uh, that's statistically, that is. He's got the highest percentage of return games won ever. So, you know, for him, he would have hoped to have figured out Coric's serve sooner rather than later. But the fact that he only had one breakpoint opportunity and he took it is impressive for Coric as well. Look at that. I mean, really measly amount of chances. Very dominant on serve, both of them. Breakpoint, say, one out of two for Nadal. So it, the tiebreaker is really what we're talking about because you know, both players got a break each in, in a set. And... That's one said all, but it was that first set, that tiebreaker that Koch took 11-9, where it really came up clutch, that actually made the difference. And you can see a re first return points one and very, very low. Uh, when it's unforced errors, this is an interesting one, because, you know, for Koch, it's a positive 38 winners, 30 unforced errors. You always want to have more winners than unforced errors. as kind of like a minimum, I feel like, is that's what players are looking for. Or that's what I'm looking for as someone who tries to analyze these matches. And 38 winners to 30 unforced errors is good. Would like to see a forced errors column and also unreturnable serve column as well or, or row, but uh, I don't think we're going to get that anytime soon in tennis stats. Uh, winners to unforced errors for Nadal, 22 to 23. So almost as many winners as unforced errors, but not quite. That's, I mean, that, that's pretty poor for him. I mean, he, he would have been hoping to have less than that. 
I, I can understand he's a bit rusty given that he hasn't played for a while, but it's one of those matches that maybe it was uh, a bad draw in a way because the head-to-head was two all, and I know they hadn't played in, in a lot of years, in five years to be exact, but Koric is clearly dangerous and he's fully fit. And let's see how well he does at Cincinnati. I'm very interested now to see how far he goes because he'll take a hell of a lot of confidence from this. I know afterwards he said he was just looking forward to playing um, Nadal and like he was excited to just get out there and play. And you know the fact that he's won now is, is, is a massive bonus, but he's not... Um, you know, he wasn't particularly expecting it. He just went out there with his, put his best foot forward and came out on top in the end. Net points won pretty good from both, 10 out of 15. Uh, so, look, I mean, I'm not going to delve too much into the match because I don't think it's a fair reflection, really, on Nadal's, you know, ability and the fact that he has come off a, a relatively long layoff uh, from playing competitive tennis anyway. Of course, the last time we saw him was at Wimbledon 2022. It is what it is. Uh, it's been about a month, I would say. Well, I think it's been about a month. I mean, it's not a huge amount of time, but it's also not ideal. And given he's now come onto a different surface, the US Open surface is definitely slower than Cincinnati from what I've seen. So that is a positive, I guess, for Nadal, for Koric, or Choric even. It's fantastic. I mean, he will be now going forward looking to to go deep at Cincinnati and, and he plays RBA in the next round. It's just a winnable match for him if he plays how he played in this match and if he served as well as he did, uh, kind of sniper serve, 130 mile per hour plus rockets in corners and Nadal at, time wasn't, Nadal at times wasn't even moving. Uh, Nadal will be looking to bolster up his serve and I'm sure that'll be getting a hard, hard kind of practice at uh, in the next week or so and you yeah, will see We'll see, 2054 minutes, the match finished. And there was, of course, that massive rain delay and break. And I don't know whether that, I don't think it particularly helped either player at all because at the end of the day, it was 5-4 Nadal. He was up in that first set, but he wasn't a breakup. It was Love 15 and, and Coric obviously came out on top in the tiebreaker. So I did say the set was heading for a tiebreaker and lo and behold, it did. Uh, thank you very much, guys, tuning in. Do appreciate it. Let me know, are you surprised? I, I'm very surprised, of course, that Nadal lost, but... Are you surprised that Nadal lost the way he did? Um, are you happy to see Koric back in good form? And what do you think this means for Nadal's US Open chances? Let me know in the comment section below. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, then leave a review and let me know uh, what you think as well. Or contact me on any social media platform. All the links are in the description of this video. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well. And we'll see you on the next video.